Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This is WTIC Pet Talk. Today, Dr. Andrea Dennis from the Bloomfield Animal Hospital takes your pet health questions. Whether you have a dog, cat, or hamster, this is a show for you and your best friend. Call in now at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. And now, Pet Talk. Good afternoon. It is a beautiful day. Can you believe it? We can see blue skies and it doesn't look uh, sort of like we're in a fog. Things are looking a little bit back to normal, but thank you so much for joining me today. I am Dr. Andrea Dennis from the Bloomfield Animal Hospital. This is what we consider our veterinary edition of Pet Talk, where we can answer questions, we can have conversations about your pet's health, and I, as you know, I usually bring a topic or two to talk about, but the main part of this uh, show for the next 55 minutes is talking with you. So please give us a call here. Um, Kevin will uh, sort of put you in the queue. Anything goes, you can call me at 860-522-9842 or 860-522-WTIC. If we start getting phone calls um, right away, we'll put you um, in line. And usually we take first come, first serve. And I promise if you do call in early, we will answer um, anything that you uh, would like to bring into the, the the conversation today. There has been quite a bit of um, activity going on um, in our pet's health, and I want to bring that to your attention. But what really kind of struck me this week, almost I, I guess I, I'm usually pretty confident uh, about taking anything that life brings, uh, including, you know, going through uh, an experience like we all did with with covid um hitting our our um you know our our world not not just our country obviously but our world and but i was really feeling a little uncomfortable not being able to go outside and without being bothered by this smoke and one thing that i don't want to miss is that our pets are also affected by the uh, smoke that we had recently this week. And, you know, we had authorities urging people across the Midwest and the Northeast to stay indoors um, from the smoke, from the Canadian wildfires. And it seems like we're dealing with these mega fires. And I want to sort of admit that I been was watching for the last few years, the fires in California, but thinking, oh, that's 3,000 miles away. I really felt empathy 
sympathy for the um, people that lost their lives in those fires, people that um, their their homes were were destroyed. And knowing what that smoke was doing, we had friends in the area and they were telling us what it was like to live around, um, all, even though they were safe, but the, the remnants of those fires. And here we are, you know, dealing with the same things. And I don't believe this is over. Uh, I, they're still, the Canadian fires are still burning, these wildfires. So we need to stay prepared. I normally don't have any respiratory issues. For some reason this year, because of allergies, I think I, I had a cough that has not quit really since um, April. It's improved. But when I would go outside this past week, it, I was really bothered. So I started wearing a N95 or KN95 mask because I still have some clients that prefer to wait in their car and as we work on their pets and be curbside than coming indoors. So my my um, I will go out to the car and discuss things with them, discuss how their pet's um, exam went, and I would find that there would be times where I just could not catch my breath. And because it was so bad um, this year, this past week in New York City, you know, air quality was at the at one point, I can't remember if it was Wednesday or Thursday, but one of those days it was um, reported that New York City had the worst air quality in the world. And that's saying a lot. You know, you kind of picture those smog ridden cities in China and for us to have a, a city so badly uh, infected with poor quality air, again, you worry about the hum, humans that have respiratory issues, that have um, asthma. But they actually put in place, a, enacted a work suspension for carriage horses. So, you know, those horses that take you around uh, Central Park, they they put a stop to that. They put a halt to, to those horses being used, citing unsafe conditions. And so I was proud that people kind of thought twice about not only the humans, but also the animals as well, because some people were going outside. But it, as we move forward, you, you kind of need to know what we need to do for our pets with this type of situation. You know, we don't know the exact threshold at which smoke exposure becomes dangerous so it because it does depend on your pet's age their overall health as well as that air quality day to day but some of the things that you can um, look out for some of the symptoms that I want you to be able to watch with your pets and then if needed call your veterinarians is is that because smoke can be so irritating to the lung pathway your trachea the lungs themselves the bronchi Many times what our pets will do, they'll cough and gag. They'll have difficulty breathing, including open mouth breathing, and you can actually hear them breathe. Some of my um, pets had um, this week had um, irritation in their eyes. Their eyes were watering. Some discharge, asthma-like symptoms. Even some of the pets were actually they, fatigued or they were showing some weakness, some some stumbling. When you see these kind of conditions in your pet you need to seek veterinary care so to protect them obviously we talked about keeping them indoors as much as possible and if you can keep your windows shut I think we were very fortunate that it wasn't stifling hot this past week so most people could keep their windows shut 
Um, birds are particularly susceptible and should not be allowed outside. So I know some some of you that have parakeets in the cage and sometimes will bring them outdoors for fresh air. Do not do that. Birds are particularly sensitive. Um, letting dogs and cats, if you take them outside, only for brief bathroom breaks. And if the air quality alerts are in, in effect, just because it's good today, that doesn't mean it's going to be the same way tomorrow. So I'd like you to kind of watch the news. Uh, some of you have your cell phones where an app will pop up and you'll hear or see and read about the air quality. Obviously, let's avoid all the intense outdoor exercise, you know, from when there is periods of the poor quality of air. You can exercise pets in the house um, or, or wait until after they, um, the, the smoke settles um, or kind of gets blown away from our atmosphere. The other thing is keep in mind that because even if you watched, there were parts of the state that were not too horrible and other parts that where this smoke was more intense. You know, we, we as we get into the hurricane season in the next couple of months here in the Northeast, we'll again talk about pet, pet evacuation plans and having a kit in place. And I want you to be ready, but also feel free to, if you have a friend that is in a better quality or better location where the air quality is in, is better than at your home, you know, sometimes you can ask, can I bring them over? Can we kind of like spend the night? Think about those things where, especially if you have an animal that can be moved. Also, if you have a the brachycephalic breeds, we've talked about that before too. Your Those are the dogs that, you know, your bulldogs, your um, Persian cats, they, they have that kind of that, that smushed in fate. They're, they're called brachycephalic breeds. They're particularly um, at risk during these times, as well as your older pets or the pets that are just very, very young. So we want to absolutely try to keep that in mind. And for those of you that actually have livestock, that have horses, cattle, things of that sort, some cows and, and goats in the backyard, it, you, know, you, you want to make sure that they have as much water as possible. If you are feeding them, you know, some of the grain or hay that may have a little bit or some dust in it, just wet that down a little bit, mist it some so that you don't have that added to the dust that they're inhaling with the smoke. And also, if we can give them a little bit of time, rather than going to a show, um, sort of like a, a, a horse show or something of that sort, if you can Give them a little bit of time to recuperate because any we know that any horse, cow, go anytime they have to be trailered, it is a stress for their bodies. And if they've just been outside breathing smoke for a week that's bothering their lungs, why push them back into a trailer where they're more stressed? If we can just let life settle down for a little bit before we take them and transport them, it really does help allow for healing any compromised uh, respiratory aspect that we're that they're dealing with. So just a couple of tips, not only about our pets, ourselves, and and livestock, but just sort of keeping in mind that they are also affected. And if you are concerned, uh, I was just talking um, to, uh, before I came on the air with an individual that was just kind of upset that some of the dogs in his neighborhood were being left outside. They were barking. That's not really fair for them. 
And if you could reach out to a neighbor if they are keeping their pets outdoors during these times and you have somewhat of a friendly relationship with them, you know, just say, hey, I'm worried about your pet being out here. I'm not out here breathing this stuff. Why should your dog be out there? So just some things we can do in a, in a friendly, neighborly manner if we can watch out for each other. But I don't believe in my heart that this is going to be the end of the type, this type of smoke um, that we are dealing with. So let's, as we move forward, let's be intelligent and smart about ourselves and smart about our pets. So um, I'm going to uh, see if we can take our, our quick break right now. I'm, again, there's an invitation open to everyone to uh, that's interested in calling to give me a call at 860-522-9842. We have open phone lines. I don't have anyone on the line yet, so this would be an ideal time to talk about anything that you want to. I'm very good at answering questions. And uh we're kind, too, so no worries here when you want to give us a call and Kevin will get you in the queue. So we're going to come right back with more Pet Talk. Welcome back. We have been talking about fires and especially the Canadian fires that have been affecting us and our pets and our livestock on the um, East Coast here. I'm Dr. Andrea Dennis from the Bloomfield Animal Hospital. And I just wanted to um, remind you that we do have our open phone line, so you can give us a call at 860-522-9842 or 860-522-WTIC. I um, love coming here on Saturdays, having conversations with you. I, I feel that if sometimes you have a little bit of a question and you're uneasy about calling on the air, even though, again, we're very kind and we're very patient, uh, just, give a, just give a call at Bloomfield Animal Hospital or you can go to our website, which is bloomfieldanimalhospitalct.com and just go to the section that says contact us and you can send an email with a question and we're happy. I know it's very difficult to be seen by veterinarians in terms of there is more of a wait period than we've ever had um, due to the um, increase in the pet increased flux of pets uh, post COVID. But we're, we're that's why we continue to do this show on Saturdays to try to give people as much information to raise the healthiest pets as possible. That's our goal. And Tim, I know that's what your goal is too. All right, you're trying to make sure you have a healthy kitty cat, right? <laughs> Tim. Well, we are doing. Yeah, I'm here. You good. there? I am good. Yeah, it's good to hear your voice. Good. Good to hear from you. Listen, you know, we're doing our best with with the big guy. Um, okay. You know, he's been he's been with his foster now for four and a half weeks, okay. and uh, we did do one weigh in during that period, mm-hmm. um, and he did lose ounces. He didn't lose a full pound, but you know, this this week's victory, which is really, I mean, it's incredible to be honest with you. He jumped up onto an 18-inch coffee table. Oh, my goodness. That is great. I mean, <laughs> I, the foster called me like it was like 2 in the morning. She said, she said you're not going to believe this. <laughs> what, what happened? <laughs> he's on my coffee table. You know, watching TV, and he's on my coffee table. <gasps> that's said, so well, that's, great. That's amazing. That is great. He did, during the, during the, the, the height of the, uh, of the smoke, he yeah. did take over, take this... Um, posture of rolling on his back mm-hmm. yeah so he it was like an air out kind of feel but yeah he hasn't done it since the air's cleared but he, he got the, you know rolling on his back i guess helped him 
help them breathe and whatnot. Right. I don't know. Well, it's usually, it can take the pressure off. I'll even have sometimes cats um, uh, and dogs sometimes that have really um, some bad, especially if they have heart disease. And I think um, th- that they know kind of instinctively rather than lying on their trest- chest where they're putting pressure on their heart and lungs, it's better to be on their backs to relieve that sometimes. So that may that be what's really going on. Yeah. I think, you know, again, and just to kind of bring up our listening audience with um, Tim, Tim has been um, really wonderful. There's this kitty cat that weighs close to 30 pounds originally, correct, Tim? He was 31 when we took him in at the rescue. Right. And so we have now... um, This kitty cat has been um, is in a foster situation and everybody is working hard to get this cat to lose weight slowly and surely because we know that this is just going to lead to diabetes, heart disease and other aspects. So we're taking the we're celebrating the little victories that our kitty has with losing some weight. Uh, I think the original phone call that we had was about. You know, he didn't want to eat canned food and, and, and I'm, right. you know, which is generally the better way to go to get cats to lose weight. But that's OK because they make a lot of it's the calories. So if, we, if he wants to eat the dry food, we just make sure it's the lowest calorie food available. So, yeah, it's it's slow going. I think I would like it to be a little bit faster. Um, and again, like we talked about, if we needed to go w- with your veterinarian with some prescription weight loss food, we, we might have to add that to the mix. But Right, he's right. Go- he's going in the right direction, so I'm very pleased with that. And he's young. He's a young cat. He's only six years old, and he, you right. know he, he he his brother is also in the same foster. The brother is a, a, a slight sixteen pounds, but he could lose you know lose a little couple pounds too. Right, but um, right. he you know they they are doing better, and um, I love it. You know we're just we're just going a little at a time. Yep, I think that's wonderful. And of course, he need because he's a male. We need lots of water always available to him. So yeah, yeah, we did. We put him on a fountain, um, oh, which great. helped him drink a lot more. We have to get a huge fountain. I mean, it's like a dog fountain. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But he loves it. Uh, he loves it. So that is real. Well, thank you for the update. And please keep us. Um, I'll be. I think uh, I'll be back in a couple of weeks. Um, we have some yep. in July. We're going to have a couple of Red Sox uh, baseball games that are going to kind of okay. be in place. But we will be around here. So please uh, feel free to call in a couple of weeks. And I thank you for your call today. We'll keep you posted, Doc. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye bye now. So I think that um, I'm going to try to take one more call before our break, and that would be you, Susan. Okay. Hi. Welcome to Pet Talk. Okay. Uh, I've just noticed lately there's several uh, refrigerated packaged dog foods. Mm -hmm. And I know that a few years ago they did this, and they had trouble with E. coli showing up. I was just wondering if you had any thoughts about the the safety of this food. You know, that that's really an excellent question. And I do think that lessons have been learned from, from years past. I have, I'm very um, diligent about checking food recalls on a regular basis. FDA has a website. Uh, so I, I, I have not seen a major issue with those packaged refrigerated foods. And, and as some of you know, there's um, different name brands out there, but in your pet aisle now, at the end of the pet aisle, there's a refrigerator, and it's got these different oh. foods. And it's, I think, as long as the in the food is kept refrigerated, I, 
again, if you are going to, I'm really fanatical when I go shopping and anything that's refrigerator, I don't make another stop after the grocery store. I just go straight home and put it in the refrigerator. Don't want food to sit in the car this summer. Right. Uh, but overall, there has been a really have not had any problems and it's the food has been very safe and i have recommended these foods too for dogs that are very picky or they're dealing with some medical issues and just <laughs> dry or canned foods are not enough so even if they put it on some of the food on a topper these these um sick or sick pets or pets that are going through surgery um they tend to really like them you know they're they're very flavorful and they smell good but overall they've been quite safe Oh, that's very interesting. Thank you. You're welcome. I, well, do you have a dog right now, or are you just kind of asking Oh, no, for... I have a dog now. Mm-hmm. I give him a combination of a little kibble with uh, canned. Okay. So it, yes, a combination of that. Yeah, they're, they're not cheap. No. <laughs> not, I will no, say I that. But, again, that might be a nice little mix-up where you have your dry food and then put some of this you know, refrigerated food, just kind of mix it in there. And they do tend to enjoy their food a little bit more. I think my issue tends to be, and, and I know this is somewhat can be controversial, it's more the, um, the, 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 the raw diets that we're dealing with salmonella yeah. versus in the E. coli. So I really am, do not, I'm not comfortable with those foods or recommending those foods. And I know some people love them, but I, I don't. I, and again, even for people, I don't want to handle anything that is raw. Um, without, you know, completely washing my hands. So I, but the refrigerated foods that have been cooked, I'm, I'm very comfortable with. Okay, well, thank you very much. Thank you for your call, Susan. That was really very, very, I think, very okay, helpful to others. Okay, I about it. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Yep. Bye-bye. Yeah, and I'm sure I could get people that want to call and say, oh, no, I, that's, I use the, the raw diet. And again, we, we all have to make the best decisions for our pets. Um, it's just like raising children. There's not one way that's best for all, but you, you do what your comfort level is. And um, and again, I think that's a great question, especially as you go by those those aisles. So thanks again for that, Susan. I guess it's news time. Boy, where'd that half hour go? So we're going to take our a little bit longer break so we can have our news and then come on back with more questions, more conversation here on Pet Talk. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Looks like a girl, but she's a flame. Welcome back to our second half of the veterinary edition of Pet Talk. We have been talking about things that get a little uh, hot, a little heated up. And uh, we will move on in a little bit talking about the as the days get warmer, how we need to protect our pets. But again, keeping in mind what these smoke-filled days were, were like this week for ourselves and for our pets and knowing that because of um, the change in our climate, this is probably not the last time we're going to be dealing with it. Uh, things are getting drier and warmer and we need to just be as prepared as possible. I am Dr. Andrea Dennis from the Bloomfield Animal Hospital here on um, Saturdays, alternating with the the pet trainer, uh, Lori Fass. I believe she will be here next week. I think that's I'm saying that correctly. And, but just because we um, have a few Red Sox games on Saturday. So this is, you know, it gets a little bit. Um, I always have to check my calendar now. It's not just every other. But we share this show so that People can ask when they have a new puppy and they want to ask, how do I best train them in terms of going to the um, bathroom properly outside? And cats many times need to be trained. Uh, You can direct her questions towards her. I think behavior-wise, there's a lot of things that dogs and cats will do behaviorally that many times are related to a medical condition or related to medicine. So I tend to um, handle both of those as well. But again, we want to talk about you know, keeping your animals and pets as safe as possible and answering your questions. So if you have a question or even a something you feel needs to be shared that maybe I haven't touched on in a, in a few years, just feel free to give me a call right now, 860-522-9842, and we will get you in the queue. It's absolutely uh, very important that we uh, answer as many calls uh, as we can within the time period that we have, which is about down to 20 minutes now. The one of our, our last phone call that we had was talking about safety of food. And I have had this on my list to talk about because I it's probably the number one question I get from pet parents when they come in for their annual visit or um, many, many dogs and cats come in twice a year. And with everyone that's adopting new pets. And it's talk, people ask me about this grain-free food and they have either started it or they're thinking about starting it. And I have another strong hesitation to that. And the reason being, I have not seen any benefit to grain-free food over something that does have grains in it. I, I really don't. And, um, you know, again, there's different opinions out there. But then several years ago, we started seeing an influx of a condition um, called digestive cardiac myopathy. Um, and it, it's it's been a it's been a problem. I'm sorry, I meant digestive, dilated cardiomyopathy. I pro- I apologize. I was thinking about food, but it's a life-threatening disease of the heart muscle, which we call the myocardium. It it what happens is that your the heart in my patients don't contract strongly, so they can't pump the blood throughout the body, and it the heart will tend to enlarge. It beats faster, and the condition can eventually lead to congestive heart failure. And now you have fluid in the body and fluid in the lungs. 
And some of these uh, dogs will definitely become so lethargic, they cough, and, and even it can lead to sudden death. Now, this is a condition that is not generally rare in certain breeds. We know certain breeds are, are more prone to dilated cardiomyopathy. And those are like Great Danes, uh, Doberman Pinchers, Irish Wolfhounds. But several years ago, what we started seeing was other breeds that were getting this or mixed breeds that were getting this condition. And one of the things that came to um, research or need to research is that there seemed to be a link with grain-free foods. So we don't have any answers. There are different studies out there, and I'm not here to say I have the answer. But at the same time, I, I feel why go to a food that is in question or a type of food that is in question when we have plenty of other very healthy foods. So um, that that's my take on it. And um, hopefully that, that is helpful because people say, should I ha go to a, a grain-free food? And generally my clients, I, I tell them it's not necessary. So um, that's our diet issues for the, for the afternoon. But hey, Joe, how are you? It's how, you? how are you doing, doctor? I am doing very well. Thank you. I can breathe again. Oh, that's good. <laughs> right. So what's going on? I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. You know, they say with Lyme disease, the tick bites, if you get them off in 24 hours, the chances are almost nil that you're going to get Lyme disease. Right. Even, even 48 hours, 7%, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. My question is this, but how about the other <laughs> tick carrying diseases? Right. Your excellent question. Um, I would, I quite honestly would have to look up the exact hour. So we're talking about disease like anaplasmosis, which I'm seeing Stuff like a lot. That. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, babesiosis. I, I want to say anaplasma is more 18 to 24 hours, but I'm doing that kind of, um, you know, off the top of my head. Um, but they do have some variation, but again, that 24 hours or less is still pretty much all the other diseases as well. Babesiosis is another one, Ehrlichia. They all need time. Um, it's not just the fact that the tick attaches, it's, and it's, it has to also make sure that the mouth works. And a lot of these tick preventatives don't allow the mouth part of the tick to work properly so it can inject the disease into them. But they're all about 24 hours or less. I, I am not, the 48 hours I think is really pushing it. And if you look at six different research papers, the, there's a plus or minus three or four hours either way. But they're all about that 24-hour period. Yes, I, but how about, okay, I know it's rare. Mm-hmm. It's 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 the Rocky Mountain. Yes, you mm -hmm. get it from a dog dog tick, right? Right. Yes. Now, I because those are, those are bigger. They don't even look like the other ticks. Right. I wonder if something like that is twenty four hours. So yeah, and right, and I really would have to look that up. I mean, I, I know I, that's one of the reasons why, and I, I know it's not popular. Mm -hmm. I use I use Frontline Shield, emphasize Shield. Okay. Because that has a repellent action. Okay, it's not a hundred percent. It's going to repel them, but there's a it, it could repel them if it gets through that barrier. Then if they bite, they die. Right. But I just feel more comfortable at least having a shot, getting them off before you know yeah. they actually have to bite. Yeah, that's, that's fair. I, to get. I know it's it's more work. Is you know because as far as. 
keep them dry for two days after a day. I heard different things. I heard first I heard it was a day, then I heard it was two days. You couldn't go swimming. Right. But I, I, you know, it's it's a little more work and everything. But uh, that's what I mean. Because they say they said like even in this state, did they say last year the Lone Star tick? Yes, we're and we're seeing that again this year too. Um, so and what's happening? And again. This is going back to our climate change is that, you know, because the state of Connecticut is getting warmer, that Lone Star Tick that obviously just from the name, you know, it mainly was in the south and in Texas, but it's surviving up here in Connecticut through the winters and obviously spring and summer. So, yeah, that's another relatively new tick that we are seeing here as well. I heard they're aggressive. They'll come right after you, I heard, right? (laughs) Yeah, they're, they're quite aggressive. And, you know, I think that. In terms of the best tick control, I'm, I, you're happy with this, right? And, in the, and I think that tells me a lot that if owners like yourself feel that it is working, you're not getting these these ticks. If you do see, you don't see any on them, or what you see is dead when it's teeny and small. Uh, I mean, that to me is a um, a testimony to this product is working for your situation. Well, here's the problem. I, I'll, I'll mention the name. I can't beat me out. I was using Cerestal Collar. Okay. I called them up twice. I and I said, that collar break off, the release mechanism is not working. And they admitted it. They right. says, yeah, we know. Right. And my concern is you got to keep them out all the time. And I had someone doing work over my house. He mm-hmm. says, he knew someone, in fact, his, his wife, uh, he says he knew someone who was a golden retriever, I believe, mm-hmm. who was wearing that collar, got caught on a fence, and strangled to death. Oh, gosh. You know, and, and I, I, that. I, I, that's why I, it was working, mm-hmm. but I don't want to take the chance of, you know. Right. I, I'm not a collar fan either because of, of, of those reasons as well. But, um, and again, we, we live this year, I'm just kind of waiting and seeing. I cannot, I have seen and diagnosed more cases of, of anaplasma. The yes. active case, not just Lyme. You know, we think about Connecticut and Lyme or Connecticut, Massachusetts. I mean, our, our listening audience goes beyond Connecticut. But I, I the the other diseases, and I'm not just talking about doing the test, doing the what we call the 4DX. It looks at all the tick titer tests. And you can your pet can have a high, it can be a positive. Mine was po- at 97, and it, 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 they caught it in a, in a uh in, in a checkup, mm-hmm. and at, like that at the time, she didn't want to treat him. I mm-hmm. said, I'll come back in about two months. It was 110. Right. I says, no, now give him the doxycycline right. now, because I was in a full round. Then I found out the UP, uh, some of the vets, the marker is at 30. Once it's over 30, right. Well, you know. Right. And and 30, is that's kind of like the level that the, the lab also recommends. Less than 30, not an active infection. Greater than 30, maybe it's an active infection. But again, I have a dog, too, that was just um, 130. And, and, and sadly, and, you know, is, I had someone call that's not a client, but they are a, um, an acquaintance, and their six-year-old lab was just diagnosed with um, – um, Lyme disease, and it already affected his kidneys. His kidneys oh. were more than fifty percent shut down, oh. and it's a fifty-fifty. So, and she, she, they were just. So oh, I know. Upset. I, I, so, I, I, I go to a place, and a year later, I came back. The golden retriever. It was the time. It was a year. He says it's not the same one. Right. He got Lyme disease, and I believe it went to the kidneys, and that was it. Right. Exactly. So, and, and, and it doesn't show symptoms. My dog had no. like a ninety-seven. He had no. It only showed up in the in a, in a, in a, in a physical. You know. Right. Right. No. And but we we have to think. Beyond 
beyond just it affecting the joints, that the fact mm. that this dog oh, yeah. is now in kidney failure. So it's so out there. But the other thing about anaplasmosis, and this is another tick-borne disease. For, That's deadly too, doctor, right? It is. But, and some, yeah, and I am, it's definitely, and I've had, I had a dog that was affected in January. It was very, very sick. It was a young dog. And you can see the anaplasma, if it's, especially when it's a, an intense active infection, you can see the organism in on the blood cells. If I do a smear of the blood and I look at the red blood cells, I can see the, the anaplasma organism. So it's it's out there. Well, um, that's why this year I used to stop giving them in, in, in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. I gave them, I basically I gave them all year round, the, the uh, flea and tick stuff. Good, good. Because you get that, you get a few warm days. And get, I got bit myself years ago in, in December. Right. I took the ticks to the agri, two, two were positive for Lyme, then I had to get tested. You know, excellent. I I, re- I took one off my son years ago, and I sent it to UConn to be tested. And I, I'm I'm with you. So, um, my my producer Kevin is saying, hey, you need to take a break so you and I can talk about ticks all day you. long. Thank you, Doctor. Appreciate what you do. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right, Kevin. Kevin's winning. So we're going to take our quick break. We'll come back with more conversation and questions here on Pet Talk on WTIC News Talk 1080. I well, we've just got a few minutes left. Thank you for coming back and joining me. I'm Dr. Andrea Dennis from the Boomfield Animal Hospital. We try to have a little bit of a theme with our bumper music when we come back, wake you up, let you know that we're back on the air after our, our breaks. Um, and I want to thank Justin for uh, making sure that music is very appropriate to the topics. It's always fun, uh, even though the topics are quite serious. And we've had quite a few serious conversations today. And also because I tend to always feel rushed at the end of the show when I have to stop at a c- certain second. Um, so I just want to thank Kevin for always being so delightful and helpful for the um, being the producer on our Pet Talk show here on Saturdays. So... Um, I just want to follow up a little bit with the conversation uh, I was having with Joe, and that's just more of a friendly reminder that, you know, we were having a conversation about ticks, and most of the flea and tick products that are out there obviously do both. Not all of them. Some just do fleas and not ticks. But here in Connecticut, I am very adamant about using a good flea and tick control uh, product, whether you want to have it topical we were talking about collars. I'm not a fan, but some people love them. Um, or oral medication. It's and we didn't don't really talk about fleas that much anymore because fleas also carry diseases too, you know. And but most of these products do a fabulous, fabulous job against fleas. But because we live here in the Northeast, because we live with ticks, because our winters are getting warmer, these ticks are surviving. So that's why we're kind of concentrating on what are the best products for your pets so that you can make sure that your your they do not um, get bitten by ticks or they're not on them long enough to transmit disease, whether it's a repellent or whether it's a different type of, of medication that is up to you and your veterinarian. But they all do pretty much do a great job with fleas. So it's not that we're ignoring fleas. It's just that our emphasis sometimes a little bit more on ticks. Speaking of warm weather, I also want to remind you, again, um, that I see a lot of dogs and cats sometimes now that have heat stroke. And again, I can just see some of you getting, you know, just getting very angry at the aspect that someone would be feel or 
do such an ignorant act as bringing a dog or a cat in the car, doing errands, and leaving them in the car. But I do think that part of this is education. And for you to kind of realize that a day like today, where it's going to be around 70 degrees, that car, if you leave your pet in that car because you're doing errands, the, whether the window's open or not, that does not matter. That car can get up, increase its um, temperature by 40 degrees. So on a 70-degree day, the car can become 110 degrees, whether you park in the shade or, or not or whether you leave the windows open. So it's not just on those 90-degree days that we don't want to bring our pets in the car. We really shouldn't be doing it now moving forward. It's just not safe. And because many are new pet owners, I don't think that people necessarily realize how how dangerous this is and how life-threatening this is. And many are also, you know, traveling with their cats a lot. So cats shouldn't really be coming in the car in their carrier either. I mean, never mind uh, children that are left in the car. I mean, that just breaks your heart every year when you hear about children that have died. And we know that happens as well. But we just want to be very um, diligent about knowing that our cars are just like ovens. They just get hotter and hotter. And it, even on whether it's a humid day or not humid, you just want to use extreme caution. Now, what happens if you feel like, okay, maybe my dog or cat is dealing with stroke? What are those, some of those symptoms? And excessive panting. Sometimes you'll see their gums look bright, bright red. Um, their heart is beating very fast. Now, you may or may not be able to tell that's the case. Their body temperature, which normally goes up to 102, can be 104, 105. They will many times have vomiting and diarrhea, disorientation, stumbling, even to, to the point of seizures and death. So, again, we talked about the main reasons are dogs and cats being left in the car on the second most common reason this happens is when people take them for um, exercise during the heat of the day. Please be aware that there's no reason, if even it's really no reason for you to be running at 2 in the afternoon on a 90-degree day, but please leave your pets at home. Don't make them run with you. Don't attach them to your bicycle. These are very, very common reasons why I see these pets that come through the door and they are on on. The, the death store and it's just so sad because it's a preventable death in particular those brachycephalic breeds we were talking about them with the snook those french bulldogs the um, uh, english bulldogs your Paris, persian type of cats they are very at high risk those cats uh, dogs that have heart disease tracheal collapse you know you guys have those little dogs that you know even just push touching on their throat and they cough very easily are probably dealing with some tracheal collapse that is just they are really very very high risk lastly if you do see this happening if you are suspecting that your pet is overheated you've taken them for a hike and you just know they're not acting right don't put them in a bucket of ice to cool down their body temperature while you're getting ready to, to, to take them to the veterinarian, ice is just so dangerous. Just use cool water, maybe some um, put some towels, just uh, wet your towels and put them over your pet and then bring them to the emergency hospital to your veterinarian. So let's keep our pets safe, both with the smoke and both with and also with the heat. I thank you and I will see you next time on Pet Talk. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.